You're listening to Rogue Agents Episode 10, featuring Ian Fleming's James Bond, Reese Co. from Fleming's collection of short stories for your eyes only. Welcome to the 10th episode of the Rogue Agents Podcast, a part of On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast channel, brought to you by our fine Patreon sponsors and White Rocket Entertainment. I am your host, Agent Weasel Skull. And joining me as co-agents, we have, starting off with my brother from my actual mother, Jared Albrick, a.k.a. Death Probe. And what was the most 007 thing you've done since we've last seen each other last episode, Jared? I'll tell you what. I'll be honest. I'm not going to make something up. I'm going to be completely honest. I really took a little bit of a dive into the James Bond video games. I know you already know that because of my documentary. But I've been listening to a lot of the music lately. And I just want to take this opportunity to let everybody know that the Tomorrow Never Dies soundtrack for the video game it's freaking outstanding. So that's my Bond dabble recently. Tommy Tellerico does the music. There's a good amount of tracks. I want to say 14 or 15, and they are really good. So that's my Bond tip of the day. Yeah, you shared some of those uh, with us, and they were quite good. I enjoyed that. Well, moving on down the line here, we've got my brother from another mother, our good friend Delvin, the Dark Web Williams. How are you, Delvin, and what's the most Bond-like thing you've done since we last did an episode? I am good. Thank you. Thank you for asking. And I have a bit of trivia Uh concerning this episode. Did you know that Olivia Newton-John wrote a song in Latin America in the 80s about soda? It was called Let's Get Physical. Oh, I thought you were going to say Let's Get Risico. Risico. Physico. 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 Latin America. I can't can't recommend the Tommy Tellerico CD enough. (laughs) uh, Really good music if you're looking for more Bond stuff. (laughs) All right. If I did anything Bond-like, I would say for the very first time, thanks to you, I cracked open the volume of James Bond books. Oh, you that, stole mine. Uh, so, so, well, you know, I, I stole Paz, but that's that's what just I get like, for going second. Yeah, just like he stole all the winnings back mm-hmm. on Rookie All those Agents. victories, yep, 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 see? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Just so we know, since you brought it up, you know, the record book reflects I'm the best agent. The better agent. Okay, now, Because you back. stole it. You probably I, feed look, him to a shark, Pat. <laughs> See you in hell! 
You earned it. You keep it, old buddy. It's the life of an agent, Pat. You know, finders keepers. As agent rules. Anyway, I read this the novel for the first time, For Your Eyes Only, or at least 50 pages of it with Risico. And I do want to go and finish the novel because who reads a third of a novel? That would be half assing it. And I don't want to do that. I mean, they're all short yeah. stories. It's a collection of short yeah. stories. I well, Melvin, I tell you this, I read a third of the novel too. So you're not alone. Hopefully we all read a third of this novel, but we'll find out and we'll talk with our good friend, Pat DJ Cristados. Pat, how are you and what's the most Bond-like thing that you've done since we last spoke on this episode? Well, Jason, I am glad you asked. And let me tell you what the most Bondian thing that I've done. I've been reading a book called Vegas Heist. Mm, that's a good and book. It's by somebody that's kind of is a Bondian person. It kind of goes with what we're reading today. Van Klexico. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Founder of this network. Yeah. So. It rhymes with Risico. Klexico, <laughs> right? Pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah. Not at all close. Eminem close. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to play <laughs> off of Delvin's bit there and. Anyway, <laughs> let's get physical. Physical. Mexico. Mexico. I want to read some band. Mexico. Let me read the Vegas Highs. The Vegas Highs. That's a plug for Van's book there. Go check it out. Anyway, like Delvin said, I opened up this big box set that we got from Jared, and I appreciate it so much, Jared. I was able to start to read my first James Bond novel and i was really excited to do that good good well i'm excited to hear what you all thought about it and we'll get into that in a minute i'll just say that yeah my big bond adventure recently is still having a good time going through the james bond movies uh with my son we are now up to for your eyes only which is for those of you that follow us on the network my favorite james bond movie of all time so i'm excited to see what drake thinks of for your eyes only nice tie-in for tonight too Yeah, it is. Yep, yep. Anyway, this is the 10th episode of our ongoing series on this channel called MI6 Rogue Agents, where we traverse the 007 universe. That could mean books like tonight, or that could mean music. It could mean video games. Essentially, any medium that connects to the Bond franchise, and there's a lot of them, any medium that we love so much here at On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. So let's get to our rogue subject for this episode. And like I said, it is the short story, Risico, from Ian Fleming's James Bond collection of short stories for your eyes only. Publisher was Ian Fleming Publications LTD. Writer, of course, is Ian Fleming, and it was first published in 1960. And for those of you who haven't read it, here's kind of a brief plot description so you can uh, follow along with us in our conversation. And the plot description goes something like this.
Drug smuggling is a dirty business. And when M is forced to use his agents to bust up a narcotic smuggling operation, he reluctantly hands the job to 007. Bond is put in contact with an undercover operative, Cristados, to destroy an operation that is smuggling heroin from Italy into Great Britain. Cristados sells Bond the information that the man he is looking for is called Columbo, and he asks 007 for two things. First, Bond must never reveal who gave him the information, and second, 007 must kill Columbo. Posing as a writer, 007 plunges into the smuggling underworld only to find the situation darker and murkier than it even first appeared. Navigating a figurative and literal minefield, double crosses, unlikely alliances, and a gorgeous Austrian woman, Bond uses his wit, cunning, and ruthless fighting skills to end the smuggling operation once and for all. And with that brief synopsis out of the way, I'm going to go around the horn and see if it's a first read or reread. And we'll start with you, Delvin. First read or reread? Well, as I mentioned from the beginning, this is a first read. Very refreshing, but we'll get to that in a second. Pat, how about you, sir? It's a first read for me, Jason. All right. I think this is more formality, but I will ask Jared. Reread. Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. How many, how many times? I've read this one probably three times now. I read it fairly recently and then read it again in preparation for the show. So I've read it twice. Now, in our private chats, mm-hmm. as we were getting ready for this, somebody had mentioned that it was only like 20 pages. Uh, Is we, there? I'm like, we might have lied to you. Did somebody lied to me? I have it in the vintage paperback. Jason, you said it was made in 60? Yes. My paperback is from 1960. And they did, I, you guys at the, home can't see this, but it's real small print. Okay, and that's what I was wondering. <laughs> I yeah. like, wait a minute, they lied to me. This is like 50 pages. I can't yeah, read this Yeah, I think it was a... literally 20 pages. In my, like, I, can, I can tell you because it's got a table of contents. Yeah, in my book, okay, I lied a little bit. I did lie. Yeah, it, it was 34 pages. Still. That's yeah. still more than... What did you like, have? You had 50? 43. No, we had 80 pages. You might have read too much. Yeah. No, yeah did you read Moonraker? <laughs> <laughs> Which book did you read? No, it was 50. I'm sorry. It was page 132, 180. Okay. What so I, was, I was kind of wondering read? that. Yeah, these old <laughs> copies must have really packed in the... Packed I didn't in the know word. if it was like a larger formatted book or, or something. So it was just a... I know there's probably a lot of different versions out there. So it was interesting when you said that. I'm like, oh. I'm reading an older copy of Thunderball right now. And yeah, I know what Jared's saying. That print is mighty tiny. Oh, I could believe that. Yeah, I was actually comfortable reading this with my old eyes because I'm old now. Yeah, Um, yeah. I guess they had pretty good eyesight back in the 60s. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, now that we got through the first read to reread, let's go into some highs and lows, and we'll do a couple rounds here. Let's talk about it. Let's see what you guys thought. What'd you like about it? Didn't like about it? Questions you might have had? And we'll start with Pat this time. I did kind of like this once I got over the, oh, it's only 20 pages. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like I heard that one before. We're not here the, to name the strange names. things. It was, We're not it here was, to point fingers. Yeah, the strange thing, it wasn't coming from Delwyn. I'm like... <laughs> 
What is this, Crusademus with a 64-page... I am over here, minding my own business, you know, just being a peaceful dark web. I'm going on mute. That's all I'm doing. I'm going on mute. <laughs> oh, I kid, I kid. But anyway, so I started reading this, and I didn't know what to expect on it, being my first Bond book that I've actually kind of read. And so I was really well enthralled in it. I was reading it, and I kept page-turning it. I thought that it was done very well, and it kept me engrossed into it. My questions I have, though, because these are small stories, I know this is like part of the movie. They, mm -hmm. they kind of put this in, and bits and pieces are taken here and there, so I was trying to piece all that together myself, too. And I, I thought that was kind of interesting how they would piece some of these short stories into the bigger movie adaptations of it. So I thought that was really cool. When you read the book, did you remember the scenes from For Your Eyes Only that mm -hmm. uh, borrowed from the book? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's what kept going me back. I'm like, okay, Christados is a bad guy. And, Christ and I'm like, is he a good guy? I'm reading this one. I'm like, well, is he the great guy or is he not? And, <laughs> and then the dinner scene, okay, I'm like, oh, okay, I see kind of what was going on here and understand. And then when Columbo came in, I'm like, oh, okay. And then on the boat, and, and that's when it started clicking in. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. This was all part of the whole thing. And I'm, that's what made me really interested to find out what other movies did they kind of piece different stuff to? And I know we got that from a little bit from Agent I would kind of tell us that on our way, on our journey in Rogue Agents. It's just really fascinating to see it put in this way and why there were little short novellas or whatever these are, little short stories uh -huh. pieced together in a book. So, Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I picked this book was because I thought this is one that translated so well over into the movie. I thought you might make that connection. So I'm, I'm glad that that struck a chord with you, Pat. So Delvin, you've been so disciplined and quiet over there. What are your thoughts? It definitely did feel like a movie. And I'm not just talking about any scenes that may have been pulled into the movie universe, I was impressed with how vivid the descriptions were of the mood that was set with each scene. Anytime that they went to a new scene, they gave like this small little vignette of what's going on with the history of it. So you can tell that Ian Fleming wrote this, yes? He did, yes. Okay, yeah, you can tell if Fleming hadn't been to these locations himself, that he got secondhand knowledge of what was going on. And it was really fascinating to read. I love his descriptions. And, and not even, I mean, even some of the background, that little background that he gave about why M was mm -hmm. upset about yes. 007 yeah. being assigned this and just the little details and idiosyncrasies that he gave about M, just those little fine details. They were really good, and, and it made for a quick page turner because I did initially think that this was going to be about a 20-page read. I'm like, well, wait a minute. This is longer than 20 pages. And that's not a complaint because it went by quickly. And so I was like, huh, okay, yeah, this is an interesting read. And I was very interested in seeing the plot twist and how it was going to end. So very good short story. I'm kind of ecstatic about this because this is the first time that I've picked up a book yeah, yeah. And read it in a while. Like, I'm yes. almost embarrassed to admit <laughs> how long it's been since I picked up an actual book. And yeah. it was refreshing. 
I had the phone put away and I'm just turning the pages and I'm just enjoying and getting lost in a book. And man, that was, that was awesome. So the whole thing really good. Yeah. Adele, I'm feeling the same way. I just was totally loved it and just enjoyed reading this book. And like you said too, just the character moments, the descriptions, they weren't over. It was just the right amount of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is this the way Fleming writes all the time and all the other script? Oh man, then he, I'm sold. I'm going to, you know, start reading these things. Yeah. That's one of the things I really like about Fleming. He has such good descriptions of things. The thing that struck out for me was his description of the train ride that he took. It's easy to place yourself there. You can almost see it with his description. I really appreciate that too. And I, I like Delvin. I like your comment about just being able to sit and read a book. I felt the same way. It was very, refreshing to just kind of sit back, not have the TV on, Mm -hmm. just kind of listening to the clock ticking in the background as I flip through the pages. It was nice. It was nice. Yeah. I took a break from work and just like, yeah, let me, let me start reading this. Need to read this for the podcast. And then just after a while, you know, I'm sitting there just with the book, you know, just glancing at the work computer every now and again, but just sitting there and it was, it was nice and quiet in the house and it was, it was just peaceful. Really was. Yeah. Well, we've kept Jared waiting, so let's hear it. Jared, what are your thoughts of the short story for your eyes only? I didn't read it. I knew it was coming. I I almost said it, but I was like, Of course, I read it. So, my thoughts are as follows. I do want to drop a little bit of information on our, not rookie agents, but rookie to the literary bond. Everybody remarked on how much they liked the travel segments and his descriptions there. Of interesting side note about Ian Fleming, when he started writing these books, his brother was also a writer. His brother was more famous than he was, and he wrote a lot of travel logs. So you can see where it starts to come together, where his mm-hmm. brother was big on travel logs. And so there you have it. It runs in the family. Good travel writing mm-hmm. is in the family. What struck me most about this, this was my second read. I read it for the first time, I would say 10 years ago. So I didn't remember a lot. I just remembered very loose things. You would have thought I remembered more because the second time around, I was like, oh, this is like straight out of the, like they took a lot for the movie from the short Mm -hmm. story. Yeah. I was like, wow, how did I not remember that? So there's plenty of that. A couple of the things, there's some obvious, very obvious things that line up, but some of the tiniest details I noticed was like the newsprint rolls. It, it yes. was the same thing. Newsprint rolls where they were yeah. hiding the, the opium and the movie newsprint rolls in the book. Even the time of day of the raid was exactly the same in the book as it was mm-hmm. in the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. The yeah. only real difference was he killed Locke and not. Instead of. Yeah. Uh, that's what Christados. I was saying, like, Christados. Christados mm-hmm. in there. So that was like the only real big difference. Oh, and of course. This I, okay, I'll stop after this. I know I'm being pat here, but my biggest high has got to be Liesl lived. <laughs> so <laughs> that's right. that was cool. Liesl, Liesl made it out alive. So good for her. And I'll stop talking because I'll just keep going if you let me. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Let's take it back to Pat. Any further thoughts? I have a question for you guys. Okay. When you were reading this, who was your bond? Oh. Great question. I was going to ask who was your bond and yeah, (laughs) who was your bond? So we'll go around. We'll start with Jason. My bond when I read any of these is Timothy Dalton. Oh, interesting. Why? 
I think that Timothy Dalton was probably the closest to the literary bonds that we saw on the screen. And I see his mannerisms reflected in the character James Bond in the book. I just feel like, I can't swear it, but I think if Ian Fleming could have picked one to represent his book, it would be Timothy Dalton. Delvin, who was your Bond when you read this? Oddly, I went back and forth between two. I went back and forth between Sir Sean Connery and Daniel Craig. I was sort of picturing them both because when it got to like that intense action of James having to run about two miles in a dead sprint, yeah. like <laughs> he that, said, that, Roger Moore's out. <laughs> <laughs> That was Daniel Craig all the way. But the whole thing where they were in the restaurant and he knew just by Liesel how she just gave him like kind of a glance and whatever. And he knew that that was like her kind of saying that I'm interested in you. That's Sean Connery. So both of those kind of were playing back and forth with the two. But mostly it was Sean Connery. Mine was Sean Connery all the way, and it was a young Sean Connery. Uh-huh. I was picturing yeah, I this, you know, so he could run. <laughs> but no, I was actually I was picturing him as a as a younger Sean Connery playing this role, and it was straight through. But Craig's an interesting. I was wondering if someone was going to bring up Craig on that. Jared, who is your Bond when you read? I'm with Jason, Timmy D. Timmy D is my Bond for all things Fleming. For some reason, Gardner is more of a Roger Moore for me, probably because of the time period that the books came out. And uh, Benson is very much a Pierce Brosnan writer for me. I don't know why I do that, but I do. But to answer your question, short version, this one, Timmy D. Okay, interesting. So thank you for letting me steer you guys away for a little bit from that. But I was was kind of thinking through myself as like, man, when I picture this, who's the Bond? Neil Connery. (laughs) Okay, okay. I think we can all say, though, that Bernard Lee was M, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We could we could mm. see that all the way. Oh, when we talk about that, one of the fun things, too, is in this, he writes a postcard to his secretary, so I'm assuming he's writing it to Moneypenny. No, no, he's got his own, his secretary, own secretary in the literary universe. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Moneypenny is M's secretary. He has his own. Coins, oh, see, I'm or something him. like that. I didn't know that. So I'm picturing that what he was writing, you know, just to throw people off and play this whole espionage game of everything he was doing. I thought he was sending that postcard to Money Penny. He was still Me kind too, of Matt. being a jerk. Well, he's being himself, you know. Just kinda, like his, I thought it was playful. And yeah, just, his secretary was talking about going to Italy. And so he was like giving the most like standard. Yeah cliched things and uh, yeah i think he was being a jerk <laughs> yeah yeah he was, he, he was having a laugh as they say <laughs> delvin what other thoughts do you have on risico i definitely like that colombo they played him well because for half a second i was like when he sort of revealed that it's like yeah i'm i am doing some smuggling but drugs I'm like, I'd never do anything like that. But no heroin, yes, no yes, heroin. thank you. And he went that route, and you saw Bond sort of changing his mind. And I'm like, is there going to be another double cross? Or when they go, set, you know, set out on this mission, is Bond going to have to watch his back and Columbo like maybe frames him and sets him up or something? 
I was thinking that there was going to be a double cross there. No, Colombo turned out to be a decent dude. I liked that double cross and the intrigue there because there was already one swerve. And I guess the last swerve of the book or the short story was that Christados was ultimately the bad guy. And I could have told you that because Christados is no good. Hey, hey, shady, hey, shady. Hey. <laughs> Just a ne'er-do-well, really. But I definitely like the twists and turns. For 50 pages, there was quite a bit of intrigue to where I didn't know how the story was going to end up. And I thought that was really good. Did you see the character from the movie with Columbo or how did you see him? I didn't. Rather than even going back and thinking about For Your Eyes Only, I just kind of was picturing that short story in itself, you know, kind of a a bigger, stockier, jovial, but, you know, quick to anger if you kind of cross him the wrong way. Because you could tell, you know, and they described it, that he had a kind of devil may care attitude, but the business that he's in, he had to judge his allies very, very carefully. And if he thought for a second that you weren't, then like maybe he had to kill you and just move on. Maybe he had to make you an enemy and make sure that at least he knew what side you were on. So I just kind of pictured a guy like that in my head, kind of a big jovial guy that was kind of quick to turn. He was good uh, about giving his men rum before an operation, though. I, <laughs> coffee I, and rum. I, that's not a bad boss, man. I know. I was thinking the same thing. Coffee, rum, like, and smokes. A lot of smoking going on in these. I'll say one thing, too, then I'll turn it over to Jared for his final thoughts. But every James Bond novel I've ever read always leaves me hungry because they always have something like delicious that he's eating, you know, or they're like this one. I was like, man, I could go with some bacon, eggs and coffee and rum. That's a that's a hearty breakfast. There's like the French bread. That he, every time that he got covered with butter, and I'm like, mmm, oh, buttered rolls. So <laughs> oh, well, I've spoken enough. Jared, what are your final thoughts here? Well, I was going to ask everybody who they pictured as Bond, but uh, Agent Christados is on top of things. He's no rookie. No, He's no rookie. No, no, no rookie. <laughs> so, what I'd like to do is read you my favorite passage from the book. It's rather short. Okay. Not super short. Everybody relax. Here we go. (laughs) Columbo speaks first and he says, There will be resistance. Heads will be broken. I hope it is not shooting. We shall not shoot unless they do. But it will be an Albanian ship manned by a crew of Albanian toughs. There is shooting. You must shoot well with the rest of us. These people are enemies of your country as well as mine. If you get killed, you get killed. Okay? Bond's only response that's all right. Yep. That I, right there, man. That is uh, arm yourself because no one else here will save you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The yep. odds will betray you. Are you willing to die? Perfect Bond passage. Cold you know as blood runs through his veins. I think there's a lot of good lines in here, just in the short story alone. And if you don't mind, I'd like to read one too. Oh, please do. Could. Uh, it's when do it in a sexy voice. Yes, do it in a, uh, in a saboteur. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as Cristados, they're at the dinner, and he's talking to Bond. And Bond asks, "Why do you want this person killed? If I can do it, why do you ask him?" And Signor Cristados said indifferently, "No questions, catch no lies." I like that one. I like that one. Yeah. I have to admit, Jared stole mine. I love that scene as well when he's basically, hey, if you die, you die. 
okay with me. Let's go. <laughs> there were a couple of times, I think towards the end, and it mentioned how his gun smelled like Cordite. Mm-hmm. And it kind of brought back, they mentioned one other word, but they mentioned fear. And I don't know, sometimes they portray fear in the movies, but you're so used to James Bond being so steely that you wouldn't think fear crossed his head. And it was very interesting that Ian Fleming was like, yeah, freaking right. He was scared (laughs) when it came to like a thing like that, where, you know, he had to dodge machine gun fire and think on his wits to take out a machine gunner from a distance. So yeah, just even that little part of it was like, yeah, this is a human. This is someone who is definitely, you know, he's very good at his job, but he's definitely has his fears and concerns too. I like it that they also, when he's waiting in the hotel, you know, the day to, before he has to meet, so he's got another day to do all this stuff. He goes out and he does all this stuff, but he comes back and he's practicing pulling out his weapon from his holster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't get rusty, cool. man. Nobody yeah. wants a rusty agent. Nobody wants rusty agents. <laughs> I heard though they have a short life expectancy. <laughs> well done, sir. Man, now you guys have got me wanting to read this thing again. Let me ask that about this, and I mentioned it before. How many stories are in here? Four little stories? Five. They're five. Four or five. So did they pull everything out of this book into make the the movie? No. Different parts? Because uh, I remember like hearing like the Hildebrandt rarity was pulled into another movie, wasn't it? They mentioned the Hildebrandt safe house in Skyfall. Uh, no, that's what it was. was it Skyfall okay. or Spectre? <laughs> uh, Spectre. 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 Spectre, yeah. Oh, yeah, and then you got Quantum of Solace. Okay, well, that's not in here, so. The, that uh, is a weird story. <laughs> yeah, Quantum Is it anything of... like the movie? No. No. <laughs> oh, okay. So they just took the name. Quantum the of Solace is a story about Bond getting told a story by, like, another dude or something. It's like, it's, it's I liked it. I liked it. I mean, it's uh, got an interesting take, but it's very different. Mm-hmm. It is very interesting, and it's kind of a lesson that he learns along the way, I think. Um, the Hildebrand rarity, though, there are a couple of pieces from the story. One, it's Milton Crest yes. is the villain in there. And License he was, yeah, he was from License to Kill. Okay. There was that. And then there was the yacht, which was uh, the boat, which was similar to License to Kill. For Your Eyes Only, the actual short story there, it has Gonzalez, the hitman from the movie. And it's totally different, but still kind of um, the character Melina is based off of the character from For Your Eyes Only. A View to a Kill is really the title, I think, is unless I'm forgetting something, Jared. I think A View to a Kill is just... It's been so long I read it, I don't even remember. That would be like a fresh read for me, even though I've read it before. I don't remember how it plays out in the book. That makes me interested now to go through and read these. So hopefully more on another... Rogue Agents, we can get into some other stories. There's another short story collection that has like the Living Daylights and, and some others too. Octopussy. Octop- you know, yep. So yeah, there's there's a whole new world, gentlemen. I just gave you a little taste. Just gave you a little taste. I just want to say that I'm really glad you picked this one. I think this is a great introduction for the crew. A good short story. Plays well off the movie. Good choice. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, I thought this was a good way to dip your toe in the literary world of 007. I can definitely see why you can have some of the Bond fan bases lean one way or the other. You know, I like the literary better or I like the film better. So I can definitely see both sides. And hopefully I can stay in the middle and enjoy it all. 
Yeah, I think that's where I like to be, too. i definitely enjoying them both. And in full disclosure, I have not read all of the Bond novels. That is a quest that I am still currently underway on right now. Well, I have some fun facts here. I just grabbed two things that I thought were kind of interesting in some of the research I did on the book. And you guys kind of talked about it a little bit. My first one is that in 1958, Ian Fleming and his wife vacationed in Venice at the Lido Peninsula, which was the scene there where he ran along the cliff wall. And this was Fleming's inspiration for the backdrop of this short story. So you're right. He was a traveler himself, and so that was uh, an inspiration for him. And uh, we talked a little bit about Liesl. Liesl gets to live in this version of the story. We're all glad for that. And Liesl was the name of an old girlfriend of Fleming's from the late 1930s. And he also borrowed the name Columbo from Giacomo Columbo, who was the Ferrari engine designer. So those were some of the inspirations of the names of his characters. Well, I think all that's left really to do is is to rate the short story, see how much you guys liked it. Uh, We're going to use our old, reliable martini ratings. And for those who might be listening for the first time or have forgotten, we rated on a score of one to seven martinis. Seven means you loved it. It shook your martini. Six means it's excellent. Five means it's very good. Four means it's good, good. Three means eh, it's okay. Two means not so good, good. And one means you hated it. It stirred your martini. So, Jared, my fellow veteran, we'll kick it off with you. What are you going to rate for your eyes only? Man, if you had asked me to rate this before I reread it, I would have said probably a five. Mm-hmm. But going back in the reread and how brisk and fun and action packed and how well it tied to the movie, I, I, do it, do it, do it. I, I'm gonna say a seven. I really liked it. I liked it a ton. Ow. It's nice. yeah, I'm really glad I reread it because in my head space, Fleming is great at all, but sometimes he can eh, get a little verbose for me. But man, he was this maybe I just remembered it wrong because he was sharp and it was great. And I truly enjoyed this reread. So I'm going to give it the full seven. Some of that have to drive me home. All right. All right. Well, that's a great start. Delvin, are you going to bring us down or keep us up? Not going to bring you down too far. I don't have Jared's experience on reading the novels, but I want to say that this is an excellent launching point. It makes me want to read more. I didn't put the book up immediately and then think about it. It's still sitting on my table. And I had already kind of made a thought. I've been following an Instagram feed of uh, the Daily Stoic about Marcus Aurelius. And Marcus Aurelius always talks about making time to read, that there is no excuse for not uh, making time to read if you want to be learned. And I have all of these books, including the gift that Jared gave me of all of the In Fleming novels. So why the heck wouldn't I read them? And this was an excellent introduction. It gets a six. And I get the feeling that if I were ever to go back and reread it, it would be a seven because it was an absolute blast. It's absolutely fun. And it took me back to a time where Sitting there and losing yourself in the book was the thing to do. And it's something I absolutely must get back into doing. That's great. Thank you, Delvin. Pat, 
What say you, sir? Well, I am definitely in the same fields as Delvin is here about getting back to reading, about reading a Bond book, just all of that. And close to a seven, but like Delvin said, I thought this was a good, excellent point to jump off of, starting to read the novels. I think you picked a really great one. It got me involved. It got me turning the pages. Really great story from start to finish and short. Really nice bite-sized spy novel in a little short package here. So I'm giving it a six. I kind of want to go seven, but I, I, I don't know what's holding me back from it. But there's something there. But I think, like Jared said, if I reread it, probably I'd love it again, too. And when I read it, I really didn't think too much about the movie until like way deeper into close to the end of it than going, oh, okay. Because I was really just pulled in from the beginning of that cat and mouse game between him and Christatos. Mm-hmm. And that was going on. And then Columbo was like, what is this guy doing? Is he the bad guy? What's, why is he, you know, and then just that whole twist that happens at the end. So it was excellent. And Delvin brought up a good thing that I've been kind of in that same headspace, Delvin, of wanting to read more books, whether it's comic books or it's actually getting back into the novels. As I look to my right here, I have a whole bookshelf full of books that need to be read, Star Wars books of novels of, they're like stacked full of things I want to read. And I want to do a thing and challenge everybody out there. We're going to call it the 007 Challenge. And what that's going to be is seven minutes a day, read a book. And hopefully seven minutes a day, if you take seven minutes a day to read, you should be able to get through a book and, you know, depending on how length it is, but challenge yourself to read just for seven minutes a day. And you may see those seven minutes grow to maybe 14 minutes, at least, you know, 15 minutes a day, read something. I think that's a great idea, Pat. And I'm really glad that everybody uh, enjoyed the book. I personally, I'm going to join Jared with a seven on it. Sometimes Fleming's best work is when he doesn't have a full novel, I think. Not to say that the novels are bad. The novels have been very good, what I've read so far. But this really has all the great elements that I I love in a James Bond novel boiled down to about 50 pages. So I thought that that was great. To your point, Pat and Delvin, as soon as I was done reading this book, I picked up Thunderball and I'm working through it chapter by chapter right now. And I'm loving that one as well. So yeah, I'm with you. It's time to get back to a good book. Let's pass it over to our founder, Van Allen Plexico, to thank all the patron sponsors who make this show possible. So just go to www.plexico.net, P-L-E-X-I-C-O.net, or you can just go to patreon.com and search for White Rocket and join up. And it's for as little as a dollar a month, you get to be part of the show. And we send out, we, I post things occasionally on the Patreon page of interest and you get previews, you get special deals, special offers and discounts on things that we do. And you sometimes get shows before the, uh, the regular audience does. Here are the fine folks who are currently keeping our programs on the air that we owe everything to. Samuel Salvatore and Bart Lindsay, uh, Bradley Blackman, Brian Gray, Chris Usher, Gary Grant, Logan Chilton, Phil Amthor, Richard Stevens, Steve Trawick, Susan Trawick, Tom Anderson, Willie Carden, and Kanjian. Hey, you falling up? Ben Bloodsworth, Clay Henson, Dan Thompson, Daniel Odom. 
David Evers, David Hegler, Emmanuel Seaman, George Gaston, Jacob and Robin Fleming, James Greenwell, Joel Beckham, John Otsuki, Catherine England, Kevin Smith, Mickey B, Phil Davis, Preston Settle, Reynolds Wolf, Rich Reimer, Steve Harlan, Timothy, WDE Richie, Wes Atkinson, William Morgan, Wilson Beard, Winston Body, Alex Wynn, Blake Heron, Boris the Tiger, Cato the Barner, Chris Hilton, Chris Thrash, Colby Butler, Danny Flack, plus Darius Benton, David Simpson, Di Bama, Earl Ricks, Eric Mahan, Hugh Anderson, Josh Teal, Kevin Kenoy, Kevin Mahan, Lane Middleton, Mike Finley, Papa Todd, Randall Walker, Rob Morgan, Ross, Russell Milling, Shannon Butson, Sarah Hines, Shane Bailey, Snowdog, Stephen Houston, Tim Pittman, Todd Gray, Tony Perry, Auburn Elvis, Ben Amos, Brandon Sisson, Brandon Smith, Chris Camo, Darren Pyle, David Smiley, Don- Donnie Reynolds, Plus, Ivor Evans, James Taylor, Jason Albrick, John Stubbs, John Zavachin, Joey Miller, Joseph Iliff, Justin Bean, Lawrence Kane, Mark Squire, Matthew Flowers, Mick Vigicana, Nicholas Craig, Patrick Williams, Paul Bankson, Robert Drain, Robert O. Sammons, Russell Souther, Ruth and Darren Sutherland, that's the truth, Ruth, Spanky, Stephen Thompson, Trevor Johnson, Kenneth Brett Rains, Brant Rumble, and Chris Plus, our one-time and anonymous donors, we thank you all so much. Go to www.plexico.net or just go to www.patreon.com and sign up and join the family. All right, that's right. Be cool. Join the Patreon club. You know what else makes you cool? When you send audio clips into the show. We've got three tonight. Three thoughts on Risico. We've got send-ins from South Africa, the Netherlands, and wherever the heck Agent I lives. <laughs> so let's get into <laughs> Ireland. <this>. We'll say. <laughs> we haven't heard from our South African person in a while. I think we're going to play his first. Let's hear what old Matt Robenheimer has to say when it comes to Risico. Hello, Rogue Agents. It's Matt Robenheimer. Agent R down here in South Africa. I hope you guys are doing well, and I'm delighted to hear that you're delving into the works of Ian Fleming. I think you've picked a cool starting place with the short story Risico. One of the things that stands out about Risico for me is that of all the Ian Fleming short stories, I think this is the one that feels most like a typical Bond adventure, just shorter, of course. Uh, But we get a, a briefing scene with M. There's a nice bit of mystery around who the actual villain is. Uh, chase scenes, some nice location detail, and an exciting raid on the villain's base. I think you could see how this uh, short story could have been a really cool uh, episode of a James Bond TV series, which is obviously where many of these short stories come from, is outlines of episodes for a, a Bond series. Of course, the story will be familiar to you, rogue agents. Uh, the plot surrounding Christatos, Colombo, and Liesel was quite faithfully adapted in the film For Your Eyes Only. In fact, Risico received a much more faithful screen adaptation than some of Fleming's very best work. I mean, I'm thinking of Moonraker and You Only Live Twice in particular. I really enjoy Risico. It's a solid mini-Bond adventure that doesn't often get the appreciation it deserves. Uh, You rarely hear its name mentioned except when Risico is bandied about as a potential title for a future Bond movie. I can't see that happening, by the way. But I hope you've enjoyed this foray into the joys of Fleming's literary bond, and there's lots more to enjoy. Until next time, bye for now. Very 
Very nice. Matt Robenheimer's thoughts. Jason, you led this show. You may respond, sir. I agree with him 100%. I think this was a good Venn diagram of some of Fleming's best adventure writing. I thought it dovetailed nicely into the film, so I thought it would be a comfortable jumping-off point for folks. So there's some familiarity from the film franchise. Yeah, I think this was just a ton of fun. And, I, you know, if they make a Bond movie called Risico, it's going to get my money. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Next up, let's head to the Netherlands for our old friend of the show, Mr. Donnie Z from the Double O Files. They were ranked the number four James Bond podcast in the world. We were ranked number five. So it's uh, that European favoritism. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, it's well earned. Let's hear what Donnie Z has to say. Hello, Rogue Agents. This is Don Zuiderman, your friend from the Netherlands. And you have read Ian Fleming's short story, Risico, which is, of course, the Italian word for risk. In this business is much risico. The words came softly through the thick brown moustache. I have to say, I bloody love this story. It's absolutely amazing. It's a very short, short story. If you listen to the audiobook version, it's less than an hour and a half. And it is read expertly, I have to say. I am so sorry. The big hairy hand picked up the small chair as if it had been as light as a matchbox and swept it under the heavy hips. I had to have a word with Alfredo. There had been no handshake. These were old acquaintances. In the same line of business, probably. Something like import and export. The younger one looked American. No, not with those clothes. English. Bond returned the fast serve. How's his little boy? The black eyes of Signor Cristatos narrowed. Yes, they had said this man was a professional. Basically, it consists of four scenes. And the first two kind of mirror the last two. So it opens up in the restaurant in Rome, where Bond is talking to Christatos. And then you have some sort of action scene on the beach at Venice. And then the second half of this story starts with the confrontation between Bond and Colombo. And then there's an action scene again with the raid on the ship and the warehouse in Albania. So you see the same pattern repeating itself. Bond is talking to a guy for a long period, and then stuff happens. And that basically happens twice. Columbo grunted. He tapped the machine with his forefinger. He said impassively, I have heard it all. It is lies. He banged his fist on the table so that the glasses jumped. He bellowed furiously, It is lies. Lies. Every word of it. Now, what you will get in this tight short story is a typical Flemingism, which is time jumping. So we open up with the scene in the restaurant and then we go back to the M scene, which is excellent, I have to say. We get more background into the old man himself. M had certain bees in his bonnet. They were famous in the service and M knew they were, but that did not mean that he would allow them to stop buzzing. There were queen bees, like the misuse of the service and the search for true as distinct from wishful intelligence, and there were worker bees. These included such idiosyncrasies as not employing men with beards, or those who were completely bilingual, instantly dismissing men who tried to bring pressure to bear on him through family relationships with members of the cabinet, mistrusting men or women who were too dressy, and those who called him sir off duty, and having an exaggerated faith in Scotsmen. 
There's even a tiny nod to Goldfinger if you paid attention, which was the previous full-fledged novel that Fleming wrote. The pacing of this story is so good, and Cristados and Colombo are excellent characters. They're very distinctive from each other, and both are actually quite likable, but of course we know Cristados is a bastard. Yeah. The mission that Fleming paints is quite plausible, and he adds to that so much verisimilitude by the use of brands, specific names, drinks, etc. You kind of know that Fleming was actually there researching his story. And then Bond's inner monologue. I always find this fascinating. This is why I actually prefer the books to the films. This story has it all. Fleming's descriptions, the spycraft, the action, great dialogue, a beautiful girl. What more can you want? Bond put his gun on safe and tucked it away in the belt of his trousers. He turned to find Colombo approaching him. The fat man was grinning delightedly. He came up with Bond and to Bond's horror threw open his arms, clutched Bond to him, and kissed him on both cheeks. Bond said, For God's sake, Columbo. Columbo roared with laughter. Ah, the quiet Englishman. <laughs> he fears nothing save the emotions. But me! He hit himself in the chest. Me, Enrico Colombo, loves this man, and he is not ashamed to say so. Now, I'm curious to find out why did you decide to start your Fleming journey here with this short story? And if you like this taste of Bond, please go back to the beginning and see how Fleming evolves over time. Those are my thoughts on Risico. It was great to be able to send you another audio clip. This is Don Zuiderman signing out. What about you guys? I think Donnie Z likes the books. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. All right. I was going to pass it to Cristados, that bastard, but... Uh, ah, Delvin you bastards. Is, <laughs> he caught my eye and said he, he wanted to say something about this. So what do you got, Delvin? Well, I just wanted to say that was an excellent send-in. And I don't listen to many audio books. So to hear the, the audio send-ins and just reminded me of the passage that I just read, it made me smile. A lot. And I, and I love the insight that Donnie Z had to offer on it. And we already gave the explanation as to why we started where we did. And Jason did a good job on that. And I think that we have a pretty solid commitment that uh, Pat and I at some point are going to be reading it. And I know that we're probably going to be coming back to the James Bond novels and the short stories relatively soon on Rogue Agents. That seems to be a safe bet, right? Yeah, I would think so. Hey, I everybody mean. gets a turn and they get to yeah. pick what they want to do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we probably shouldn't get too bogged down into it, but if we did, I don't think anyone would reject it because I, I just, I, I don't know. I enjoy that everyone enjoyed this uh, short story. It was a very good one. And I'm glad someone as classy as Donnie Z agree. I would want to read the book first, then go back and listen to the audio on it. I think if I listened to the audio, that would have threw away a different bond to me. So I, I liked reading my version of Bond in this. There's one thing else that I wanted to say about Don's comments. Most of the time, like high 90%, any book that I have read, I like it better than the movie. So I totally understand where he's coming from with the take that he has enjoyed the Bond books better than he has the Bond movies. The Bond movies were fantastic. There wasn't a single one that I just absolutely hated by any measure. And to go across... 26 different movies, that is a phenomenal thing to say. 
But at the same time, there's just something about the books and just holding it in your hand and having your own imagination of what you think the characters look like in the situations. It just, I don't know, a lot of feels there. That's what you were saying, Christados, that you like that build your own world. Yeah, but I also like the audio track because then you can hear someone else's takes and their voices too. But I, I think I liked reading it in my own head first. But that just gives another medium that I can go into when I'm done. Absolutely. All right, let's get into our third and final send-in. This one is from our main man when it comes to the literary bond. He was with us just about every step of the way through all those movies with the literary connection. Is our old friend, Agent I, and I can't wait to hear what he has to say. W6N, 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 calling G7W. How do you hear me? Over. Hello, Rogue Agents. This is Agent I with your Ian Fleming insights for the short story, Risico. I feel that this is an excellent place for the fans of the cinema 007 to start reading the Fleming James Bond material. There are several elements of the film For Your Eyes Only taken right from this short story. The opening of the novel with Christados and Bond having dinner and Columbo secretly recording it is used in the film. Columbo's girlfriend Lisa is sent out to find more about Bond, who describes himself as a writer, and later Bond is picked up by Columbo and together they attack Christados's heroin smuggling operation. The story opens with a regular Fleming convention of having Bond already working in the field, and then a flashback to an earlier briefing with M describing the mission. Both Casino Royale and Live and Let Die open this way. The mission has M sending Bond to stop the flow of heroin into England. The government is concerned that the large quantities of heroin coming into the country amount to psychological warfare. And while M isn't happy about using the British Secret Service to deal with it, he sends Bond off on the mission. Fleming weaves into the Risico narrative a lot of mystery. Neither the reader nor Bond know what's really going on and whom to trust. Christados is a bit unsavory, but presented as an ally. While Columbo is described as someone Bond vaguely approved of, but if responsible for the flow of drugs into England, would now be Bond's target. And what to make of Columbo's mistress, Liesel? Is she feeding Bond information to help him or setting a trap for him? Is Columbo to be trusted, or is Christados? Bond even sounds a bit like his creator, posing as a writer of adventures, seeking information about smugglers in the criminal underworld, and not just the superficial observations, but the story behind the story. Fleming's nonfiction writings include details about smuggling and economics and politics, all the things that give his fiction writing a tinge of reality. The conclusion comes in a dawn raid of Christados' heroin warehouse by Bond and Columbo's men. This has all the drama of pirates raiding ships and searching for hidden treasure on the high seas. And throughout the story, Fleming is employing his skill as a travel writer, describing Rome and Venice. There are details of the trains, the hotels, the restaurants, and the beaches. And all from a time when travel to faraway places was much harder and more expensive, making it sound like a completely different world from England and America. 
Overall, Risico is a great example of much of Fleming's best writing. The mysterious threat, the detailed descriptions of the food, the wine, and distant places, the allure of romance, and the thrilling action all laid out with the Fleming sweep that keeps you turning the pages. If you enjoy Risico, you'll find much to like in the rest of Fleming's adventures of James Bond 007. This is Agent I, signing out. Agent I. I bet he got good grades of book reports. I was going to say, you should have sent that to me earlier. It could have been my summary. <laughs> Save me some work. Oh, he did a great job, though. That was like a good sound clip to really encapsulate everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think he did a great job of just reassuring us that that was a great book to start with, Jason. So I think he did a great job there. And now we're finally here, Agent I. You keep telling us back in our Rogue Agents time that we should read the books, read the novels, get into them. I always said I was going to. Now I have. So, you know, this I'm is for in. you, Agent I. Yeah, this, this is for you. For you. <laughs> <laughs> he brought up that point about this being in the 60s, so close to the end of World War II. I thought that that scene with the landmine just. Having landmines around your golf course just seems good. <laughs> that, that is Ooh. a hazard. We'll say that, that is definitely a hazard. I bet I know no what his handicap is. <laughs> <laughs> he did. No, one, no one's putting from the rough there, right? Huh? <laughs> you know what? I'll just take the drop. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on one more. Watch the birdie, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are the send-ins, and with that, I'll let Jason, I think he's going to wind this thing up. I think that's it, yeah. That's the show. As a reminder to our audience, if you'd like to be a part of the show, you can send us your comments, questions, and trivia challenges to ohmspod at outlook.com or over on our Twitter page at ohmspod. If you'd like, you can even use the email. And as a reminder, that's ohmspod at outlook.com. And you can use that to send us an audio recording of your question or comment. And we might even play it on the show uh, like we did just now. And we'd love to hear from you and make you part of the show. Also, if you're an iTunes listener, we'd greatly appreciate it if you left a review for the show. That will help raise the show's profile to attract more of the 007 family to the program. As a reward for leaving a review, we'll read your entire review on an upcoming episode of MI6 Rogue Agents. Delvin, Pat, Jared, thanks for joining me on this episode. And uh, before we go, let's find out where listeners can find you all on the internet. We'll start with you, Pat. Well, Jason, I am glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at ChrisTatos01. Jared? You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram as all at Yard Sale Artist. Delvin. You can find me on Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y-1977. Jason. You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening, and we hope you have enjoyed this episode of MI6 Rogue Agents. If you've enjoyed this crew and want to hear more from them, but in the realm of comic books, check out the Long Box Crusade. Pat, where can that be found? Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find the Long Box Crusade on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Long Box Crusade. You can also find us on www.longboxcrusade.com. Back to you. 
Thank you, Pat. And thanks to the fellows for taking on yet another dangerous mission. And thanks to the listeners who tuned in. If you'd like to leave a question or a comment on this or any of our other episodes, feel free to contact the show on Twitter at OHMSpod or email us at OHMSpod at Outlook.com. We hope to hear from you soon. The next episode of MI6 Rogue Agents will feature Delvin's Choice. But until then, on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, we'll return. when I was with Am in Tokyo, we had an interesting experience. Outtakes. Thank you, Miss Moneypenny. That's all. That's all. Oh. You think I would have known this question was coming. <laughs> Why you bring up the script, Jared? Hey, biblioteca. Hell. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. I'm taking the seven minutes to read like Pat suggested. Not right now, Jared. Penthouse Forum. <laughs> hey, as long as they're reading, that's all I mean. He spent seven minutes on the same page. <laughs> and, and we're going to hear up. some comments from listeners in a segment we called Let's Get Risico. <laughs> Let's Get Risico, Risico. Into something, sorry. <laughs> you were not on mute. <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just saw that. <laughs> well, thankfully, it wasn't anything terrible. <laughs> it was a friend's Snapchat. Um, it was his birthday today, and he's a good friend of mine. And so I asked him uh, what song would he like for me to sing, and he said a uh, Metallica song. And so I sang. Uh, Bits of a Metallica song for him via Snapchat, and that's you do that for birthdays. And I did it. I did it for his. Oh, maybe hey, that could be a new club member. No, <laughs> that should be like a new benefit. That will call you and sing a song on your birthday. Uh, yeah, I yeah, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'll send you an. Yeah, he'll MP3 you. Uh, him singing a, a, a quick song for you. This there is a know. great idea that you guys are coming up for me. <laughs> All the people on their birthday. We're yeah, get angry. Almost like it. In the dope show. I asked for Marilyn Monroe. Oh! <laughs> you, get, you paid a dollar. If you paid five, I would have gotten it right. <laughs>